Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hello, everybody. My name is Allison Gardner, and this is episode one of Just Sayin', um, a podcast looking at current events through a biblical lens, and that's pretty much our goal here. I'm here with my pastor, Terry. Hi, Wagner. Allison. How are you? I am good. I'm a little nervous, like I said. Don't be nervous. Just take a deep breath. It's all good. There you go. Yes. All right. And we have our um, sound engineer, Tyler Staten, over here, too. Hello. That's me. (laughs) And today we're just going to be, you know, getting to know PT a little bit. Pastor Terry, that's what I call him. And we're going to be asking some questions and just, you know, having a conversation. Yeah. So you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's get started. Okay. I want to start this. We'll start it a little light. Um, If you could have dinner with any four people, living or dead, who would they be? Wow. That's a good question. Uh, First, let me say thank you, Allison, for your uh, perseverance in getting this podcast started and uh, just appreciate your effort. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four people that I would like to have dinner with, living or dead. Of course, number one would be Jesus. Mm. Um, I think I would also like to have uh, the Apostle Paul who used to be the persecutor Saul. Right. Um, I, I think one of the founding fathers, and I, I, I don't know that I have a preference there, whether it would be George or John or... George. Uh, yeah, <laughs> me and George, you know, me and George Washington. Your personal friends. Yeah, 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 he's my buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I uh, just got back from vacation where we stayed in the town yes. where Martha Washington is from. Mm, yeah. Martha. 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 Um, so we got Jesus. We got Paul. We, I'm going to go. I'll just go with, um, let me go with Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Yeah, okay. I just like Ben. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth person. Um, wow. I think uh, Don Foley, mm. who was my uh, my spiritual godfather. He died of cancer when he was 42. Mm. And, and man, so much more I needed to learn from him. Mm. And uh, I, I would like for him to be there, too. Right. So what would you eat at dinner? <laughs> uh, uh, bologna sandwiches. Oh, my goodness. With chips <laughs> and some lemonade. Chips and lemonade. Yeah, that's right. Just a nice laid back. That's it. Yeah. Is it cold or fried bologna? Uh, you know what? <laughs> it, it wouldn't matter to me. Uh, it can go either way. Uh, I'm a guy, I'm a simp. I really am, and, and a lot of people don't believe this about me. I'm a simpleton. Mm-hmm. I am just a simple-minded person. Right. I don't want to go through a bunch of work. Just put the bologna on the sandwich. <laughs> As a matter of fact, again, it's, I, I hope this, this is probably getting a little bit off topic, but when I go to a restaurant sometimes to order, I don't even, they hand me a menu, I hand it back. No. And I just look at the waiter or the waitress and I say, what would you eat? Mm. And they say, well, I would eat such as that so-and-so. I said, that's what I want. WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? What would you eat? Oh, I get it. <laughs> you had me on the ropes there for a minute. Uh, and then they're like, well, what What do you want on? I said, how mm. would you eat it? Yeah. And you fix it, and I'm going to eat it. And, and so I'm just a simple guy. I, probably, I would just go with a cold bologna sandwich. And I hope that, you know, those four guests that I have... <laughs> 
Mm-mm. would go there with me. I don't know. Do you think? I mean, <laughs> would Jesus I, like bologna? I was going to ask, is it sacrilegious to ask, right. would Jesus like cold bologna sandwich? No. I guess he could just turn it into filet mignon. True. There you go. True, That's right. True. If he didn't like it. That is very true. Okay, so this leads me into my next question. Good. It might be the same answer. If you were on death row, what would your request for your last meal be? <laughs> Well, you're right. right. It's the same answer. Mm-hmm. I, uh, bologna sandwich. I think where that started was my grandparents uh, opened up a little neighborhood grocery store in the early to mid-40s, 1940s, that is, uh, in Indianapolis, and they would cut their own meat. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody would come in and want bacon. They would actually slice the bacon. And whenever it was lunchtime, my grandma would go back and cut me such a thick piece of bologna. Mm-hmm. And just put it on a, on a sandwich with some mustard, and that was, I think that's where it came from. Yeah. Because now, even when I get bologna, uh, I can't just put a piece of bologna on the bread. i got to put like four pieces mm. of bologna on the bread. So, yeah, if it was death row, which hopefully it will never happen, <laughs> unless, are you are you getting some kind of premonition about me? No, okay. no, no, no. All right. Uh, it would still be bologna, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, no special sides or anything? Would you still have chips? I would still have chips, but I would ask for dessert, mm. and that would be pecan pie. Mm, okay. Yeah. And again, I, pecan pie. Pecan pie. I, I just, uh, there, I have a story for everything. <laughs> As this podcast goes on, you're going to find that out. But when I was about eight years old, uh, my mom and dad had taken over the store that my grandparents had. And so we were uh, eating dinner, and that for dessert, we had pecan pie. And I really liked pecan pie. And I began to complain about the size of the piece that I had. Mm. And my dad went into the store and got a whole pie and brought it back and made me eat it all. Now, you would think that would turn me against it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Nope. Love it. Love it even more. Would it be a la mode? Um, Either way, again, remember, I'm a simpleton. Right, right. Right? Just give me a piece of pie. Just you know, if somebody said, you want the Alamo? Said, you eat at Alamo? But I'll... this is death row. This is like your last meal. But look, one, if I was on death row, I would hope that, you know, I would be closing my eyes here and open them in heaven seeing Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so, no, just just bring me a pecan pie, bologna sandwich. I'm let's ready get, to go. Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> so you have all these stories about your favorite things. Yes. So hopefully... You would have one. What is your favorite childhood memory? Wow, because there's a bunch of them. I mean, I grew up with four brothers, uh, and of course my mom and dad. And we, we grew up on the east side of Indianapolis in a poor neighborhood. We were poor, but we didn't know we were poor because everybody was poor. We just thought we were the norm. And so uh, there were so many, so many memories uh, that I would say... Uh, my dad eventually bought a little 12-foot camper, and uh, my dad thought he was the Donald Trump of, of East Indianapolis. He owned three pieces of rental property that were worth $4,000 a piece, <laughs> and so he was, you know, he was this real estate hmm. mogul. Yes. And then, so he bought a, a 12-foot camper that he pulled behind our little uh, station wagon, and uh, I think just going on some of those camping trips. Now, believe me, it was not glamping like it is today. <laughs> it was camping mm. and uh, fishing and just being out with, you know, with my, with my family and my brothers. And I think some of those trips were, were some of the best times. Right. Okay. 
I got a bunch of other ones, though, but I'm sure we'll get to them later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. This is one of my favorites. Um, if you could pick anybody, any actor, who would you pick to play you in the movie of your life? Mm. I had an aunt that said I look like Paul Newman. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it myself, but she said I look like Paul, or that Paul Newman looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would probably go for um, who's the action guy, Jason. Jackie Chan. No, <laughs> <laughs> close. Almost. Jason Statham. That's him. Yeah, I, I, I want it. that guy. I can see that. I want that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is he in? Similar hairline, I think. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> This is a podcast, and those people that are listening, you need to know I have so much hair. <laughs> um, he, he was in a lot of things, right? Uh, Transporter. Transporter. Uh, the, uh, uh, what's the one with Sliced Alone and... Uh, oh, the Expendables. Expendables. Mm. I mean, he's a... He's a you, no? Nope. He's in uh, the Fast and Furious franchise. Fast. Oh, okay. I've seen one of those. <laughs> he's a... <laughs> He's a he is what they call an action uh, actor. He he yeah. knows all mm. the karate moves and yeah. He's he's Jackie just Chan. he's just cool. <laughs> he's just cool. Right. So he can be me. Okay. Um. So my next question is, um, what are two of your biggest pet peeves? Oh boy. Uh, people that ask a lot of questions. No, oh I'm, just kid- I'm just kidding. Goodness. I'm just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. Just saying. I'm, hey, <laughs> that is the name of this podcast. Yeah, you'll hear us use that pun just a lot. Um, I don't like verbal pauses. Hmm. And uh, for those that may not be exactly sure what I'm talking about, people who say and, uh, mm, you know, those things that where they don't, they're just saying it because they don't really know what to say next, mm. and so that's a, a verbal pause. They're just they're pausing, and I, I don't like that. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves. The second pet peeve would be teachers and or preachers that read to you. Mm. That read to you. Yeah. Like a whole Bible passage? Well, I don't care about that. That's fine. Read me the whole Bible passage, but I don't want you to read me your notes. Oh, okay. okay. I, I want you to talk to me. Okay. I want you to teach me or I want you to preach to me or whatever the case might be. Hmm. I don't want you to read to me. Hmm. And so uh, people that have verbal pauses and people that read their lessons and or sermons, I don't. I, I, those are pet peeves of mine. Okay. I've got more, but those, mm-hmm. are, those are two biggies. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting a little deeper here. Oh, boy. So when you get to heaven, what is one question that you will ask God? Okay, number one, we, we are all making a big assumption here. Mm-hmm, that we will be able to ask God <laughs> that, questions. Well, that I'm going to make it. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, I, Allison, the, the, the answer to that question is, is, is I would not have a question mm. because I, I know for years people have gone through tragic things in their life and things that are happening in their life that they don't understand. And you hear that it's almost cliche ish where they say, well, I don't understand it now, but when I get to heaven, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask. And the more I think about that, the more I think, no, they won't. They're, we're not, we're just going to be so glad to be there mm. that all those things that troubled us here 
I just don't think that's going to be on the forefront of our mind to, to say, well, you know what, Jesus, I want to ask you about something. Why did my dad get hit by a train when I was three years old? Mm. Um, number one, I think I already know the answer to that. Uh, number Well, I, there's two answers to that question, just to give you, <laughs> see the, the <laughs> rabbit trail we just went down? Um, just saying, uh, I think my dad got hit by a train because, number one, he was drunk. Mm-hmm. He was playing in the bars. He, he went home drunk one night. Thought he could beat the train. The train won. Right. Uh, the, the second reason I think my dad got hit by a train was we were an unchurched family mm-hmm. prior to his accident, and we became a church family afterwards. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of questions in life, and, and people go through some really, you know, critical things in life. And I, and I think it does cause us to say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask. But I think that becomes more of a, a, a pacifier for us mm-hmm. you know i don't have the answer to it but i will someday i know yeah. people can't people can't see me do what i just did but you know i just kind of <laughs> hug myself yeah. you know I, I will someday and i think we use that as as a pacifier yeah. yeah so i don't i don't think i would have a question what about like the lighter questions like jesus did you ever get into a fight with your brothers well, like did you ever punch anybody in maybe the face? maybe after a couple thousand years yeah. and me and him are just sitting <laughs> right. at the river of life fishing right you know i would ask him then yeah. but uh, you know, upon arrival, I, I truly, I, I can just, I can see myself. I would just truly be so excited mm-hmm. to be there. Right. Um, and then, you know, people would see me and say, you made this, you made it. <laughs> uh, and then I would look at them and say, you made it too. Right. Um, so, uh, I, I think over time maybe, but mm-hmm. I, I, initially I don't, I just don't think I would have those kind of questions. And, and again, I, I've, I've gone through some difficult times in my life, just like everybody has. And you, and you know, that thought always comes to mind. Well, I wish I knew why this happened. And I will someday, but I think it's Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine that says, uh, you know, there are some mysteries that belong to the Lord. Right. Some things that we'll never know why, because it belongs to the Lord. So, um, I just, I, I don't think I'd ask him anything. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you are a pastor of this what? church. What? Of our church. Oh. Tri-State Worship I had Center. I no idea. Yep. <laughs> um, so what is your biggest, most wildest dream for this church or your ministry? Wow. Well, I, I, I think the, the biggest dream, I don't know how wild it would be a biggest dream is, is that, you know, obviously we would be the hands and feet of Jesus and make an impact in this community that, that this community has never seen. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not being disparaging towards any other religious organization or church. I just want Tri-State Worship Center to be that church that reaches out uh, to this community and, and makes a difference in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people say, well, you know, do, do you hope to, to be running a thousand people or 5,000 I, I again, I'm a simpleton, and that stuff doesn't matter to me. If if God wants this to be a church of 300, then I'm okay with that. If God wants it to be a church of 5,000, I'm okay with that. But if my my dream is that we truly live out our mission statement, which is to encourage the saint, to help the hurting, and to embrace all people. You know, to encourage the saint is to be involved in discipleship, to help people that are already believers to become discipled believers and, and to uh, help the hurting is to, you know, feed the hungry, uh, take care of the least of these. We have a food pantry 
uh, that uh, Brenda Haran runs for us. It's called Michael's Grace Place, and out of that place, we we feed hundreds of families a month. Uh, I believe that's what Jesus would have us do. And then we want to embrace all people. We don't we don't care about backgrounds, skin color. We don't care about we don't even care about lifestyle mm-hmm. as far as people who attend. We we want everybody to attend here. Now we want Jesus to help some people to change, obviously. But to embrace all people, uh, here, here's another story for you. I was. Uh, I was getting gas at Sam's here in South Point, and some guy pulled up behind me and said, uh, aren't you uh, Terry Wagner? I was like, and, and, of course, at first you think it's an IRS agent that's mm-hmm. going to arrest me for you know, You're something. being served. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. He said, don't you pastor the church down there? Yeah. And he said, uh, your mission statement, what is it? And I said, encourage the saint, help the hurting, embrace all people. He said, you really embrace all people? And I said, yes, sir, we, we tried to. Mm-hmm. And he said, even the homosexual? Mm. Now, I know where he was going. I mean, uh, implied in his question was, you shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? And I, I was so proud just to look at him and say, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because we, we want all people to, to know the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And like I said, some people, that we, we want Christ to change. All of us need to change, not just some people. All of us need to change. So, I think the the biggest dream, the wildest dream is, is that uh, if Jesus doesn't come back and uh, Pastor Terry is no longer, Pastor Terry is at the great bologna sandwich in the sky, <laughs> um, that somebody in South Point, Ohio will say, that church made a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. That's my pastor. Yes. Just saying. Just saying. Yes. <laughs> Very proud of that. Okay. Um, what is one social issue that you personally are passionate about? Mm. There are there are many social issues that I have grave and great concerns about, but I, I think the one social issue that would most impact all the other mm-hmm. social issues is society's handling of the gospel. Mm. I, I think that at the root of every issue in life, I don't care if it's uh, racial unrest. I don't care if it's a marriage that's in trouble. I don't care if it's a parent who's trying to raise a child. I don't care if it's someone's working a job that they're not happy at. I think at the root of every issue of life, it's a spiritual answer, hmm. a spiritual answer. Um, before we began the podcast today, uh, you know, I made the statement to Allison that, you know, why can't if everybody would just do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the world would be just be a better place. Right. Forget about Christianity. Forget about heaven. Right. I mean, if we would just treat each other the way we want to be treated, yes, it would be a better place, and that is a spiritual issue. Right. That's like a rule in. Every, almost every religion. Absolutely, yeah, it is. Yeah, and so uh, you know, there's a lot of issues going on, a lot of things happening in our world. There's no denying those things. But I think my greatest passion would be that that people would rediscover the good news of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, and why He did that. And I think if we could rediscover that. I think there are some issues that would be easily solved. Hmm. Right. I like it. Well, I'm just saying. All right. So my last question, 
I was wondering if you would share some of your testimony. Oh, ooh. <laughs> How much time do we have left? Let me take just a few moments. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, um, in in the first three years of my life, we were not a church-going family. My dad played in the bars and laid carpet during the day, played in the bars at night. He uh, had his accident. Uh, He was in a coma for six weeks. Uh, I don't want to get bogged down in details, but when, when he was hit by the train, his car and the train connected and and it pulled him down the train tracks for 300 uh, yards and and the impact threw him halfway out of the car Mm -hmm. so he's being drugged and the car 300 yards down so basically you know every bone in his head was was crushed uh they literally cut the top of his head off to put him back together and they they didn't really give us any hope uh and again, I, I was only three. These are these are the stories that I've been told. Didn't give us any hope that he would make it. He was in a coma for six weeks. During that six weeks, there was a church on the west side of Indianapolis called the West Indianapolis Church of God. And um, my mom had my older brother and me. My older brother was probably five at the time. I was three. And then a set of twins that were six months old. My youngest brother, Eddie, wasn't born yet. And... That church sent some people to the hospital to help my mom take care of us boys. Wow. And and they you know, we didn't attend that church. We did but they sent some people to help my mom and and again I'll fast forward. That that one incident led to our family becoming a church going family. Right. They they would send a bus over to our house to pick us up on the bus, uh, take us to church. And we were raised uh, in church. My mom and dad made us read a chapter of the Bible every morning. It was always prayer time before meals. Uh, it was never a question about going to church. We, you know, if I woke up on a Sunday morning and just thought about, just just thought about not going to church. I don't want to go to church today. If I just thought that, I got a whipping. Mm. I don't know how they knew it. I don't know how they knew it. Now, a whipping is this thing we used oh, to do back in the We're day. We're not getting political here. Okay, all okay? right. Sorry, no. sorry. That's not political. <laughs> that's something that's needed in our world. Um, uh, and and so from that, from the accident, then you know we we became church going. And I and I, I was a good church person until about the age of thirteen. From the age of thirteen to eighteen, I I rebelled, mm-hmm. uh, turned against the Lord, and even myself started playing in the bars uh, when I was about 15 years old in Indiana. At the time, you could be 18 and play in the bars, but at 15, I was as big as I am right now, so wow. uh, nobody... What do you mean by that? You're tall. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was as big as I am right now. Wow. Um, so I played in the bars for a couple of years, and... and uh, my parents said, hey, if this is what you're going to do, we know how it ends, and so you can't live here. Mm. And actually, before I graduated high school, I moved out and uh, moved in to the apartment where the lead guitar player in the band I was in was living. And um, in September of 1977, playing at the Blue River Inn in Shelbyville, Indiana, that famous place, both of you, I'm sure, have heard Blue River I think I've heard this yeah. story before. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not of the not of the end, oh, but you've heard this the story. End, no. um, the infamous. I, <laughs> I, I 
the couple times I feel like I've heard the voice of God. Uh, I'm standing on a on a stage playing to a bunch of people that didn't care that I was there. They were drunk. They didn't care if I was there or not. They just wanted their music played and felt like the Lord just said, "Is this what you want? Mm. You know, is this is this the life that that you want? Is this how you want to use the talents that I've given you?" And I said no, and um, I went to church that next Sunday. I was going to church when I could on Sundays, not to hear a message or not to be involved in the service, but just to see Vicky, my wife. Uh, that was the only reason I went. Not your then wife, right? Well, not then, no. Not then, The yes. only wife that I've ever had, though. Yes, but like she wasn't your <laughs> no, wife at that she was, time. No, she was just this good-looking redhead, <laughs> man, and... Um, so I I went and and it's one of those stories of I can't tell you what the preacher preached and you know I just know I went to the altar because she wouldn't have nothing to do with me and again this this may be another podcast she would not have anything to do with me because I was not a Christian mm-hmm. I was not saved and man if we could ever get back to that again right. how awesome how awesome some families would be but uh, so I I really went to the altar got saved because of my wife, my current wife, the only wife I've ever had now. Your first wife. Vicky. <laughs> 41 years of marriage to Vicky. Um, and, and then, you know, from then, uh, there was a quick miracle that I'll just tell you about. Uh, when I did go to the altar to get saved, I was still under contract to play with this band because they had booked out, you know, frat parties and playing in bars and stuff, and they booked the whole band. So I was under contract to play... F- Till November, and uh, within a week, the leader of the band came to me and said, "Man, what's going on with you? I don't, just don't feel like you're into it anymore." I said, "Well, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I've turned my life over to God, and I, you know, come November, I'm out." Mm-hmm. He goes, "Well, if that's you know, if you feel that way," he said, "You, you, we'll release you from your contract now." So that was miraculous that I could be released from that right. uh, because I didn't have the money for a lawyer at the time. I was only 17, so 18, yeah, 18. So I, I got out of the contract started going to church uh me and vicky got married the next year i came back early from my honeymoon to start singing in a southern gospel quartet Ooh. i know Ooh. i know it was another life okay <laughs> maybe one day we'll get a clip and oh right, right, man yes. okay. a bonus episode Ooh, maybe i could just sing one for you <laughs> um they uh came back and then after about seven and a half years of that i i uh, became the minister of music and youth at the church, my home church that I was at. Um, and then about eight years of doing that, moved to Huntington, West Virginia, was a minister of music at a church there for about 12 years. And then we planted Tri-State Worship Center in uh, November of 2003 and been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Now, you said just tell you a part of my story, but really that was the whole thing. I said that, share your testimony. That was the whole enchilada. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's, it's just been, it's really been an incredible, uh, ride. Hmm. The Lord is good. Even when we don't deserve it, even when he knows we're going to mess it up, he still is a good God and takes care of us. And, and, um, I hope again, I hope that, that if the Lord doesn't come back and my number comes up, that, that somebody will say, man, that Terry Wagner, he, he really made a difference in my life, you know, for the cause of Christ. That's. That's my goal. That's 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 the only thing I look for as a church and and as an individual. Mm. So, there you have it. It's pretty good. I like that. Yes, short and sweet. Well, um. <laughs> no, no, never been accused of that. 
All Sweet, right. maybe. Well, once or twice, but <laughs> never <Yeah>. short. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys so much for joining us for episode one, who is Terry Wagner. I hope you guys got a glimpse of who my wonderful pastor is and my oh, friend. Oh, thank you, Allison. My friend. Um, episode two, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about dating. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So maybe maybe we preface that some with you and Vicky's that would relationship. I, I, I'm ready to to share that story because I think that every every young person, uh, even thinking about getting into the dating scene, needs to hear the right. hear that story. Well, I'm excited as a young person. You to are young, aren't be able you? To hear it. Yes, I am. I am seventeen. 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 <laughs> I am sixty. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you all for joining us. Yeah, and and let me just throw in real quick: if you if you don't have a home church, mm. uh, or even if you're not, uh, if you don't believe uh, the church is what you need, or maybe you're just doubting whether there's a God, uh, we would encourage you to come and see us at uh, Tri State Worship Center, 901 Solida Road in South Point, Ohio. You can check us out on the web www.tswc.org. Or you can go to our Facebook page, TSWC, and uh, we, we would love to have you come and be, be with us during the service. Yes, we would. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week. See you.